0: welcome to the rumpus room
1: hey everybody how's it going out there it's the boys from the midwest back kicking it here in the rumpus room and let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day
0: i've been digging into uh the scarcity mindset and specifically around my finances and how my numbers are you know when am i going to be happy in the story there's two stories that i've been focusing on that put everything into context. The first one is, uh, the the Rock, and George Clooney each are worth about four hundred to five hundred million dollars. But the Rock wakes up every single morning and does kind of crazy workouts, and he said he's driven because he thinks he'll be put into a uh, back into being homeless. He was homeless once, and George Clooney is on the other hand, and he's turning down, he just turned to like a $35 million partnership with an airline that he didn't want to participate with because he didn't believe in them, where The Rock is taking on basically every opportunity and is grinding crazy hard. So what I've been trying to understand with myself is why, you know what is what is enough in terms of you know, like money, but how, how does that impact how I hold myself every single day? So just asking that question, I think has helped me understand where I'm at. Uh, Just, just thinking about, do I really think that, you know, I'm not going to have enough money because I think that's kind of right. Something that I've been struggling with is this fear that all the money's going to just blow up at some and we are going to have nothing. And so that's something that I've been analyzing it myself pretty, pretty hardcore. And it sounds like the people that are most susceptible to that mindset are um, uh, if their parents were immigrants, if they're Jewish, uh, specifically like Asian Jewish. And then the last bucket is middle class America. And so kind of a big group, but. I just have been thinking about that quite a bit and how to make my, my stress level in terms of finances a little more, you know, just a little, just a little different. How do I understand that relationship and maybe change it so I can not necessarily be this like super abundant mindset, but I think get away from like the, the scarcity
1: mindset that I've, I've had. The Gary V. approach. The, i'm working harder than anybody on the whole world <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it's like y- uh, you know you sometimes feel a, a stress inside of you where you're just like oh my god if i don't read this blog post or if i don't you know you just like get into this like i have to do everything and it just drives you insane sometimes it drives me insane it is completely
1: uh it can be all encompassing and um there's a lot of you know get addicted to the grind get addicted to doing the thing um it's such an interesting obsession today with like Get rich and then tell everybody how you got rich and then build, you know, or like make some money. Tell everybody how you made some money and then make more money off of the fact that you've made money and told people (laughs) that you make money. (laughs) It's
0: yeah. And this is how you make money. But I'm going to make money off you trying to make money Mm -hmm. following my program to make money. Mm-hmm. which I'm sure if you break down every single program is like pick up the phone and call people pretty much to sell. <laughs> That's
1: what it, they usually come down to is like, i like to go by the 100, 100, 100 rules, which is an Alex Harmozy thing. He's like, if you call a hundred people for a hundred days consecutively, um, and there's some one other one, 100, whatever. And he's like, I guarantee you yeah. have success. It's like, well, yeah. That's gonna work. There's <laughs> no, shit. There's no yeah. way around that. If you call a hundred people for a hundred days straight, you're definitely gonna probably encounter some be some people who want to do business with you, even if you really suck at whatever it is you're you know trying to push. So, um, stuff like that, though, breaking it down really simply is like, sure, that's that's really good. Um, you know, you can put that into the market. Uh, it's just a strange time that we live in um i don't know where i just heard this comment but um oh i actually do it was bill burr uh bill burr's podcast i was just listening to today and he does this section where he listens to or he reads out letters that people wrote him and the letter which who knows if this is actually just like a baby boomer or a Gen Xer who's like posing as a Gen Zer and just trying to make like a social point. <laughs> who's like really trying to pad his own, you know, worldview or whatever. Um, so you got to take everything with a grain of salt whenever you're reading it. You know, this could be a catfish. Yeah. A catfish. You never know. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. But the, the, the letter basically said, um, I, I'm a general Zer, and I look at all of my friends and everybody has extreme disdain for anything that isn't basically people telling people what to, telling people what to do. And he was like, my dad runs mm-hmm. a blue collar business. My mom did whatever else. And I have tremendous respect for blue collar things, but nobody in my grade wants to do anything except tell people, tell other people what to do. And I thought that was a pretty interesting take, if it's true. Um, there will obviously be a pretty significant reckoning when the only thing that you do when you enter the workforce is get told what to do all day. <laughs> and, and you do that for 10 when years. and do. Yeah. You do yeah. things. <laughs> and then yeah. you spend 10 years like, oh, Now, after 10 years, you might be able to tell somebody what to do and not waste their time. Um, but yeah, uh, you got to
0: build a skill first, you know. Yeah, well, I'm curious what Bill Burr say?
1: Oh, that's right up his alley. That's like, uh, that was bowling a straight (laughs) softball. Yeah, yeah, he knocked that one out of the park just you know, talking about his roots and whatever. So um. Either he has a really good producer that picked that one out or they're just straight up feeding him content. You never know. So, um, but you made a comment on this, on this document, our, our shared agenda where uh, you had said kid, kids out of the house. So I have to imagine that you have some level of understanding of like how you spend your time for those precious, for that short amount of time that the kids are in the home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's this
0: concept, I I don't remember. It's called like wonder years. I think it is where your children basically adore you or they think you're, you know, like you're their world and it's the early ages. And then once they hit, you know, obviously teenager, some it's earlier, but what the concept was, was being there for more of those wonder years and not doing the absolute grind, the Gary V, making a hundred dials every single day, you know, working constantly, you know, being there for your family. And then on the flip side, maybe you work a little more when they're in their teens. And so instead of this complete grind early on, it's a little later. And so that when you're making decisions on how you spend your time, what do you do? that was just a concept that somebody, you know, I've been reading a little bit about it. It's kind of like, how do you, how do you make those decisions? Cause like being a, you know, I want to be a good, be a good father to my, my kid and, you know, possibly more. So I think that's, um, that's something I think about a lot is like, you know, you, you just kind of realize the moments you're away from your, your kids a lot. And like, when do you want to be away from them? And, do you want to work that Wall Street job where you're away for a hundred hours a week or seventy or whatever the numbers are? You know, I, I had that feeling when I was in consulting and I was traveling every single week, and I was I'd get up on at you know five in the morning, four in the morning on Monday, and get home Thursday night at nine thirty in at night. And you just are gone all the time. And I remember looking at some of the the superiors that I was reporting to, you know, their directors, VPs, managing directors, you know, making bunches of money, but just not home. And then you'd hear just about their family life. And it just didn't sound very appealing to me when I was going through it. Cause it's like this you know, and consulting sounds really cool when you start because you're like, Oh, I'm gonna be traveling, I'm gonna be staying in these nice hotels and advising these executives and you know you're basically a excel and a powerpoint monkey but you know the, you you kind of tell yourself this story that you're this jet setter but once you break down what you're actually doing to me it didn't seem like the best job and i was in more of an operating role so my job was to be there and basically hold everybody's hand Which was a good learning experience for me but i just when i was thinking about having a family and kids it just was not something i was
1: interested in yeah well there's a tremendous uh um delay in people our age for having children um i i would imagine there's going to be a lot of really old dads moving forward i think um for sure that will be more Mm -hmm. attractive um and there's pros and cons to it, you know, it's great. You also are going to be a lot more tired, you know, <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. going to, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine like what I used to be able to do if I were 22, 10 years ago and a parent, obviously uh, my maturity level is entirely different, but think about your, energy. <laughs> you think about your energy level, your energy level is also oh my drastic. Gosh. You different. could do, you could run through a wall back then and
0: you'd be fine yeah you just it, it was your energy is definitely definitely in a different stratosphere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. so that's just something i've been contemplating is just on the you know the level of engagement because you know i i like to work and i like to do things and get things done and it feels good and Sometimes though you, it feels a little empty when you're like is this really going to do anything for my job right now you know i'm i'm farting around with the website and trying to you know update copy which who knows if it's really going to make a big difference you know there's just like these questions in your head mm-hmm. in my head that i'm trying to understand where the
1: where it lies well, so I'll that's a lot of what i've been thinking about one thing that's been on my mind as of recent is um I had a conversation with this gentleman who clearly goes into work. I think he has a four-year-old kid and he was telling me about his routine. He's like, oh yeah, you know, when I come home, I put my phone away and I hang out with my son for two hours and we wrestle and whatever. And then I um, put my daughter to bed and my wife puts my son to bed or whatever. Um, And I... Was impressed by the certainty around the engagement. And what I've noticed with my son is that I can pop out of my office all the time during the day. And I do. And I run across him, and he's either playing with our nanny or my wife or whatever. And I've noticed that sometimes he, wants to engage with me, or sometimes he's just been like, oh, you know, this is just a passing. Yeah, My mm-hmm. dad isn't going to engage with me. And I've found myself having to almost build up like relationship capital because of the amount of numbing that he has to just being exposed to me. And... um yeah. Like almost a fragmented you you know you're
0: you're there but you're
1: yeah like i'm gonna walk right past him and be like hey buddy i don't give a shit about you right now because i am on this stupid call and that's not the case but that's what he thinks is like oh dad doesn't want to talk to me yeah and hmm. it's such a it's such a weird thing that i'm I don't have the answer for right now, but I'm sensitive to how that's having an impact on our relationship. Whereas my wife, it's like she's almost always just present and engaged with him. And he is so incredibly attached that it's Mm -hmm. like burdensome to her because she's like, Oh my gosh, I can hardly walk around this house without this kid. Like, Biting at my ankle. (laughs) Attaching to her. Yeah. And so I'm I'm happy that he has that really strong relationship to her. And I also am like trying to think of ways that I can bring more just certainty around our engagement. Um, so it's not a guessing game. And he's gonna be like, Oh, is this the time when dad's gonna actually play with me? Because there are some times during the day where I'm like, Oh, I got fifteen minutes. I don't really want to be doing anything right now. I could use a mental break. I could go in and interact with them. And it's like very transactional. It's like, Hey, here's five to 10 minutes of my attention. And then I'm gone. Um, Mm -hmm. and this gentleman I was talking to was advocating for like this block of time. And I think that's healthy for sure which is something I'm going to strive for. And I'm going to try, uh, obviously communication is going to help. And when he realizes that, like I have to work for parts of the day and whatever, and we can have a dialogue around like, Hey, you know, during these times I'm less available, whatever, whatever. We're not there yet. Yeah, so yeah. right now he's like every social interaction, there's like a lot weighing on it, you know, like, to guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, he's guessing like, what's this
0: going to be? Yeah. One thing, you know, it, I, I think about that a lot too, because you know, my my little one's upstairs. I am in the basement, and for three days a week. So when I come up there, it's like, you know, what do you do? Because you don't have all the time, and he wants to just jump in your arms and like, okay, let's let's go, let's go look out the front door. Or, you know, wants to play or whatever it is. But I was talking with this one guy who was telling me about this thing called PCI therapy. It's Parent Child Interaction Therapy. And it's for kids that are, I don't know, like toddlers that have tantrums, like big tantrums. And so all it is, he kind of broke it down to me very simply. He's like, it's just very simple. It's five minutes of playtime a day. And he's like, But there are two rules during playtime that you have to follow. And he's like, That it's it's fairly simple. He's like, We went through all this, you know, we went through some therapy to just understand it, but he's like, this is really what it is. And he's like, the first rule is you cannot ask any questions because what you're doing is basically leading him. You know, you're saying like, oh, do you want to play with this? And he's hearing play with this. And you can't make any ch- any declarative statements. That's number two. So the whole thing is so that the ch- the child guides the play. And so what he said is, is amazing is it only takes five minutes, and you do that for like eight days straight, and it's basically guaranteed to take your tantrums away from your children. And so he was telling me about it, I heard it from somebody else, he did it. And so it was pretty interesting because we were talking about just how 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 small that is, you know, like five minutes, you know, and all these interactions. And that is driving And what he said the therapist was telling him is it's really that these kids want to have independence and autonomy, but also support in that independence and autonomy. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about that too, you know, and one thing that I've tried to do, and I don't know, I'm just talking to him, like telling him like, Hey, I, I don't have much time. I just can say hi. And then you got to move it. Cause I'm just trying to, it makes me feel better. So (laughs) I don't know if it works, yeah. I don't know. There's no, there's no real answer to that one. And I think every kid is different. And, and so that's just, yeah, it's a tough one to, to navigate. Is that attention? Cause you know, they, they don't know what your situation is. They don't have the capability. I don't think of really understanding dad's at work or whatever it is. So
1: mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah, it's interesting, Um, especially on these snowy days when everybody's kind of on top of each other um, and uh, people are pulling the plug on social life, what I would consider pretty early these days. Uh, I was chuckling when (laughs) we got this big snowstorm and I was looking at it on the radar and it looked like, like I'm not a meteorologist, okay i didn't study this stuff you you track storms though for skiing so i think you're above average sure above average i'm i'm (laughs) I'm above average but i tracker i also have the ability to like monitor colors and patterns and the general direction like stuff doesn't make really sudden (laughs) movements on a radar like weather is not like highly highly unpredictable when it's like a storm system, like it's moving a direction. It's usually going to stay that direction, especially when you have the same weather patterns in the area that you live for your entire life. So, um, it's pretty, we know we're, what what's coming is, is largely going to come from the Southwest and go to the Northeast and maybe there's some mm-hmm. spinning happening. And so this system, I was looking at it and I was like, man, I think this system's going to be over in like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And then I just got a notification from a family member of ours. And they were like, Oh, school's closed. And I was like, wow, this storm is going to end in 20 minutes. And they just closed the school. It's like, it's not going to have any impact on the, um, yeah, was a little trigger the ability to
0: transport. Yeah. Yeah. We've been feeling the same thing. There's just a there's a very quick trigger and people I feel like are pulling it earlier and earlier. I was given our daycare a bunch of crap because they pulled the trigger way too early a couple weeks ago and shut the whole school down for the whole day. And it was like, not that bad. And the next day was even worse, was worse, but they had the, it had it open because it was closed the day before. So it's like, I think people are, a little quick on the
1: canceling of everything. That's got to be a a residual COVID impact. Don't you think of like, for sure. People just being jumpy all the time and like more, um, more risk averse. Like people are way more risk averse. I think now given the general stoking of fear that uh, has occurred over the past (laughs) three years.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know it's like, we're, we're like turning into these, I was reading about, there's a really good book I've been reading. It's called Do Hard Things. And it's about resilience and building grit, resilience and how you do it. And what he was talking about is this study that they did with dogs when they had un they had uh, shocks that they were given where the dogs didn't know when they were coming. And these dogs basically learned how to be helpless. And so they would cower in the corner and then they'd send like basically the youngest non-dominant dog in there and normally these dogs should be sniffing this dog and they all were like cowering in the corner and so what he's talking about is this autonomy and I just was thinking I'm like man that is what is happening right now to us is we have these like bouts of fear and shock that are completely we don't know when they're coming you know, it's like, when is the next wave going to come? Who knows? And it's like this whole thing. And I'm not sure in my, I can put my uh, tinfoil hat on and say that it's by design from from somewhere. But I just think we're kind of, we're learning helplessness instead of instead of building grit and resilience. And the, the thing that I've learned, and I'm not fully through the book, but he talks about the ability to feel like you have control over what you're doing gives you a sense of more grit and resilience. He's like, just watch, you know, Rafa Nadal does the exact same thing before every single serve, like down to how he ties his shoes. And he's like what he's talked to his trainer and he said, uh, the reason why he does that is to feel more in control, knowing that he doesn't have a bunch of control of where the ball goes. You know, he's got a bunch of practice, but it helps him give this feeling and it eliminates a lot of that anxiety so i just was noticing that with this weather stuff it's like man we are all just like i think like the opposite of grit right now we're just kind of it's like you'd think something like a pandemic would make us stronger but i don't think it has no
1: 100 percent regression in um the cohesiveness of people, the grittiness, the resilience—whatever you want to call it—I um, completely agree. And um, I, I, I may have my tinfoil hat closer than you, um, but uh, <laughs> I, you would have to be—I don't know, man. It's just too easy for us to know this information like we're not you know the most brilliant yeah we're not special people on the face of the earth so imagine if we had another lifetime ahead of us to continue propagating we would like i mean it's just it's it's information that's out there people know this um one of my buddies is a big believer in chaos theory he's like the world is far too complicated for there to be any sort of particular agenda and it's like i don't know I mean, the Julius Caesar agenda has been around for a long time. Um, Bretton Circus, you know, like, control the population in order to sustain power. Like, that's the oldest trick in the book. Uh, Why do you think Kim Jong-un is, like, not letting their people have the internet, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) telling them it's, you know, death and dying across the border in South Korea and the rest of the world? I mean... Um, so I don't know. I, I tend to lean towards more of the, um, more of the by design, just given the, the congruency of the narratives, even across, um, major mainstream media that are seemingly at odds with each other. It's like, yo, y'all are playing the exact same game. You're just lobbing this tennis ball of distraction and, um, um, manipulation across from one side of the net to the other. And it's just like hoping that everybody watches this thing instead of realizing that like slowly they're just eroding, you know, power um, or agency. I think it really comes down to agency Mm -hmm. for me because like agency is what people I think are afraid of. I mean, it's just easier to control people if they don't have a sense of agency like in that study where you make them feel that they don't have influence and control. And then all of a sudden they are, you know, not in any way dominant. So yeah, I, I see a lot of potential. Um, I wish there was a a path forward or a, a, a resolution or a solution to this thing, but, um, obviously being aware of it yourself is about the only thing you can do. And I, I tend to not spend too much time or energy anymore, like being overly concerned about things that are outside of my control or like the general direction of the world other than, you know, espounding my own limited beliefs on, on podcasts and whatever else. So, um. <laughs> yeah, you're hearing about the
0: extent of it and you listen to us about the news and we're not as informed as most people. But I, you know, I think social media... Is just like an A B test that is just perfected how to influence and control people. And if you want a way to get information, there's a couple. There's a, some shows that are going on YouTube that are starting to address some of these topics. And Breaking Points is one of them. But they're starting to call out, you know, companies like Twitter and Facebook and how they're colluding with the government. And they're they're trying to give you different news sources. And this isn't like a conservative versus a democratic news. It's really more of a, they have one on each side. So I think there's other ways that we can be educated on this type of thing. But like you said, if you and I know about it, I just, I find it really hard to believe it's not some type of coordinated Effort And maybe it's not coordinated at like the highest perfected level, but I think it's like, well, oh, that worked. Maybe we try that again type thing where it's like, oh, we got more votes. Let's try that again. Oh, maybe we shut the, you know, there's just lots of things that have worked. So I I think that, um, you know, while we're wearing our tinfoil hats, um,
1: that's something there where there's smoke. Sometimes there's fire very often very often. Um, switching gears here. Um, I do want to chat about ChatGPT. Um, have you been using it? I have. Yeah. I've been trying it. So have I, I'm really, you? I'm really impressed with the results. It's insane. So, um, they, it, it's, can you give me an example of a, of a question you've asked it? Oh, I ask it to write
0: blog posts and I've been trying to figure out what to use and what not to use, but it's pretty interesting because, you know, okay. So one of the keys to, let's just say Twitter is threads and it's like the 10 things you need to know about X or whatever, or the, the 10 things you need to know. So I was doing that, trying to understand it. And I, I just started to really realize wow, there's a bunch of medical journals that would relate to my work. So I've been using this as more of a researching tool and it is way better than Google. Like 10 times better than Google. What do you mean medical So journals? I'm able to... So, you know, like what is the latest treatment recommendation or regimens for these types of orthopedic procedures or these types of whatever it is? So it's just a really good way and i've fact checked that a couple times and it's just crazy accurate at what it pulls because it's like give me all the latest evidence on whatever knee surgery x and boom 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 there's it comes up immediately and i've so my partner is a little on the older side and uh he is like what the hell is this (laughs) i showed him google scholar for the first time like, four years ago, and he thought I was just a genius. I'm like, no, this
1: this is very well used. So it kind of blew his mind, which was kind of fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar. I've been doing similar things. I haven't pursued um, the blog post angle, but, you know, the other day I just asked it, like, how do you write good website copy? Um, and the results are incredible. They're It's not like... Yeah it's not like, you know, um, it's developed. It's not like it's stuff that isn't already out there, but it's remarkably yeah. sifted through and concentrated and extremely immediately accessible. So, um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been very impressed with what I've so far read and, um, so far experienced and, um, I'm not quite at the point where it's like up at all hours of my browsing. I mean, it is right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm not like asking every question to it yet. It's more like I'm still experimenting here and there. Yep. That's kind of similar
0: for me where it's like, it's not in my daily routine yet or my routine, but it, it's something if I'm kind of going on a topic and I'm like, oh, maybe I should just try it in here. It's really, I think it's not quite into my, my routine yet, but it's getting there. I'm going to do it quick... I do think that Google should be freaked out by it. That's kind of my my assumption. I think there's, there's a chance for disruption there.
1: For sure, yeah. Um, but they make so much money on AdWords, though. It's like, uh, I mean, there's just such a behemoth I've little doubt that they'll persist and continue to make billions, if not trillions of dollars. But, uh, I, I agree with you that it is pretty close to what I would consider a watershed moment where there's going to be a new way of engaging with online content. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to do yep. a, I wanted to do a quick experiment while, um, people were on the line because one of the areas I've not really looked at chat GPT is in the self development area. I've, I've used it more purely as mm. like, uh, uh, I think one of my next questions is going to be like, what should I meditate on today? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> see what it responds with. So yeah, it's not um, a bad idea. But my, I'm having difficulty logging in. So we'll come back to that maybe another time. So, um, we could probably run through our, um, I mean, unless you want to, you have other topics that you want to hit. No, I, I, I were,
0: we hit most of mine today.
1: So cool. I have, um, a huge, um, personal experience that occurred in peru that i would be happy to talk more in depth about but um just not context today um but i will tease to the group that uh i went to peru for coming next week yeah perhaps coming next week or whenever we get bored of our programming or if it's more like if i have a contextual revelation i think would be important for our listeners to understand but um I went to an Amazonian retreat called Spirit Quest. And if that doesn't tell you enough about what it was, uh, stay tuned. So let's hit him with clickbait of the week. I have been getting into humorous
0: commercials. Because I'm trying this new strategy and being more humorous or entertaining in my email outreach for sales. And I found it's gotten a lot better response. So the big one is obviously the, the, the dollar shave club razor deal. But there's another one that's on this pods thing and it's just hilarious. And it's just really high quality humor that does a really good job of selling it. So I've gotten into some really Interesting commercial quests. So it's been kind of fun. That's been a good a good cl- clickbait for me. What are pods? Well, it's just like laundry detergent, basically. Oh, Tide pods. Yep. It's this company that yeah, it's this company that's a competitor with Tide Pods and they just rip on them pretty hardcore. And this guy, I can't remember the name of the company, but he's like, our pods are so so safe i'm gonna take a bath in it and he like doesn't have a shirt on and he's like kind of a fat older dude like your your typical ceo looking guy uh but yeah it's it's just been really entertaining to it just has brought a little more light to to me of like you're
1: doing all this outreach it's like let's just try to have a little fun with it yeah um in an appropriate way totally uh, lowers your defenses, lowers their defenses, um, makes life more enjoyable. Um, all for, sure. for that. That's for sure. Um, for me, clickbait of the week has been um, speaking of weather, uh, it's ski season. So I am monitoring my indicators of potential snow with uh, extreme closeness. And so. I'm going to tell all of our listeners a secret, which you must promise to tell no one unless they are your best friend skier and they're really good and you guys value powder and um, high quality snow. Because this particular metric, it's, somewhat of a well-kept secret people in utah know of it there's a big facebook page so i'm being a little bit i'm speaking in a bit of a hyperbole here but um seriously i i'm careful who i tell this to there's something called the NOAA, which is the national or oceanic atmospheric national oceanic and atmospheric association um they have a buoy 182 miles northwest of Kauai called buoy 51101 and um, two weeks before a storm will hit the west coast there typically is a surge in the wave height of this buoy and so you can track the wave height and given the pressure of like large waves moving in the ocean that's indicative of high pressure systems full of water that are moving towards the western united states and there's a facebook page called the powder buoy that has popularized this so i'm not the first to figure this out for sure but um it's extremely reliable it's um something that i'm trying to like use to plan my trips out west so i'm basically checking it like every hour to try and figure out where um where the momentum is in terms of moisture across the western uh states in the pacific ocean so um that's been my clickbait of the week is just tons of weather stuff and then another really great fantastic video series called weather on the go it's a 15 minute daily video mm-hmm. where this dude uh talks about precipitation all across and all significant weather events really for like the next couple days and then forecasts probably up to like three weeks out and is extraordinarily detailed and has been in, in a, a great addition to my quiver of powder predicting tools and so mm. for you mm. fellow skiers out there uh keep those deer uh, and protect them at all costs for less those less the non- respectful or, or powder seeker or worthy, find them and, and start, uh, competing for our tracks. But, uh, if you're willing to tune in and do that research, hopefully, um, they're good. You're a good person that we'd want to see on the mountain. Um, so I'm, I'm really getting jacked for ski season and, uh, have made the realization that since my wife is expecting, um, I, will probably not ski next year so i really got to hit it hard (laughs) this year Um, find the find the tracks this year yeah and it's a historical historical precipitation event right now in the west coast which is fun to see um i don't know if you caught yeah it's been such a great year outstanding i know salt lake city salt lake had a
0: avalanche warning did they have just massive dump this year
1: salt lake had an interlodge so yeah closed down the roads and still opened the resort um so alta was the place to be (laughs) on earth (laughs) if you're a skier yeah so
0: so that means that they basically nobody can get in and you're the only
1: ones there Yeah, so the very select few people who actually stayed on the mountain, they open up the mountain, and you just ski unbelievable powder conditions all day with no lift lines and no competition from other skiers whatsoever. So it it would basically, I think it would even be better than... It's a dream. Yeah, I think it'd be better than heli or cat skiing, to be honest, because you'd be able to just get more laps.
0: Get way more laps? I think it'd be 10 times better than that, actually. I've heard, I've heard cat skiing is pretty fun, but I think it would be, I think that would be the best of all scenarios. Just crazy amount of terrain.
1: Yeah. Interlodge. That's event. pretty cool. Someday we should try and figure out how we can finagle a, a lodge. An interlodge. Yeah. We'll see. Predict to um, storm and then there you go on it. That's a good idea. Exactly. How about lightning strikes? I'll start because um, we had a dear family member of ours receive some unfortunate news that they potentially or very likely have, um, I believe it's stage three metastatic cancer in the liver, which the prognosis is extremely grim. Um, And... This individual is not in our immediate family, but they are in our extended family. And I have actually always been somewhat dumbfounded. I literally had this thought and sometimes I'll tell another story um, about this idea, but it was literally like two weeks ago where I was thinking, I can't believe that we have such health on both sides of our family. If you look at our aunts and uncles and cousins, like we ha- we're very fortunate to have very healthy people. And then a couple days later, I heard about this individual who received this prognosis and obviously is extremely sad. Um, and it's weird how sometimes those thoughts are like precursors to an event mm-hmm. like that. And I'll I'll say a quick other story about the reason I was in Peru is... There's a plant medicine called ayahuasca, and I've always known about ayahuasca. Um, And finally, I was was on this retreat or this this conference, this um, Reed Hoffman. He is the founder of LinkedIn. He runs a podcast called Masters of Scale. He ran this conference called Masters of Scale Conference. I went to it. I did, I was, went to the online version and, um, they had a whole day dedicated to psychedelic medicine and the use in mental health community in mental health therapies. And so that was really neat. I listened to a podcast. One of the podcasters was talking about ayahuasca for whatever reason this week, I just got like a ton of different things about ayahuasca sent my direction. And then I had this thought in my head that was, you know, um i knew at the time my wife was expecting i was like i if i don't do ayahuasca really soon i probably won't have the opportunity to for a long time given the fact that you know mm. you typically are going to peru and like you know you're not going to bring a 1 year old with you or whatever so um i had this thought that was like you know if i figure out where to do it i'll give it a shot i'm not kidding the next mm. day I got a text message from my mother that sent me a link to a ayahuasca retreat center and said, our family friend, Scott just went here and really spoke highly of it. And I was like, holy crap, that is so overtly like a sign of like the world if you choose to follow it. And so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to follow it. Filled out the application. I was like, I know it's a long shot, but could I come out there in four weeks? And they were like, yeah, sure. You got the right intention. I was like, damn. Hey, wife, do you want to go to Peru? Um, And then she was (laughs) really, really supportive and understanding and um, strong and willing to do it. Because this was something that I thought was going to be better for me and my life and uh, our relationship and me as a dad. So um, we went and had this experience. And, um, so it was just another, uh, example of sometimes these thoughts are oddly connected in ways that perhaps are not immediately visible to us. But, um, so those, those were, um, a couple of my lightning strikes, uh, is just recognizing when those signs or those connections are, are, in front of us and putting the, um, putting the pieces together. I know the cancer thing was not necessarily quite as, um, meaningful around putting action following the, the, uh, observance of the sign, but it was still sort of a coincidental type thing that, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's an explanation scientifically for that stuff quite yet. That's a good question. You know, and that's something I think I was actually talking about that
0: with my wife a couple nights ago was I think we have a bunch of capabilities in our senses to pick up on signs that we're cognitively not aware of. And that that's kind of like talking about intuition and, you know, some of the the natural information that I think we receive I think there is a lot more there. Basically, I think we're we're trying to understand at a very basic level. You know, oh, I, you know, like we're trying to logically break down information. Where sometimes it's, it's just coming in so fast and from so many different directions. I mean, you've got sight, you've got your skin, you've got the temperature, you've got your heart rate. There is so many things that you are like in your body. I think we have inside of us. So yeah, I think it's just like a unexplored area to be that I'm actually trying to be more aware of as well. So kind of all kind of goes down a similar line.
1: Absolutely. What about you,
0: lightning Yeah, X-ray? my 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 um my lightning stride is is really focused on, you know, time and, and moments and I've noticed my attention has been fragmented more than I would have liked to. And I think last year, my big goal was to improve my focus and to, to take my focus. Cause I've always been a little more on the ADD side. And so what I've tried to do is do, do some more things to improve my focus. And I finally feel a lot better about where it, where it's going. And I still, it's a long journey but these moments I've been spending, like with my my kid and you know with other people, I'm I'm really trying to be more grateful and and not on my phone as much. I took email off my phone, and I'm checking email a couple times a day. I have you know we've got customer service stuff that still goes in my phone, so I still get notifications. But I've been really trying to pull back, peel back the onion, and it's. it's Like i'm feeling a sense of relief for a lot of this stuff and so this anxiety is going away for a lot of the oh i need to check this and i gotta check my email again to see if they responded to that one thing it's like i know i'm gonna check it on a consistent basis so it'll be there and if i don't respond within one hour it's gonna be four hours you know it's like not crazy um so i'm just kind of coming to terms with that and i just think that has been a big realization, especially because I had some time away last week where I wasn't at our house. I was up north and just thinking
1: about that stuff. So that's just a big, big moment for me to to reflect on that. <clears throat> Excellent. And let's bring it home with some chicken soup. I can kick that one off. So yesterday
0: when we... Or, no, two days ago. So we put our our little one into, he's moving into toddler range. So he moved up a classroom and we always go in and we, we, we spy on him before we pick him up. So we want to see like, oh, how is he doing? And he was doing awesome. And he was actually trying to engage with a, a little girl and he was doing what he normally does to adults and he's been doing is he's he basically pets you because he that's he thinks that's what you do to people is he'll like pet your shoulder in like a really loving way and I'm just like stroking my shoulder like someone is consoling you so he was doing it to this this little girl and it was pretty cute to just watch him try to interact with her and he was trying to connect with her and then he tried to like jump on her and hug her so it was pretty hilarious just to watch and then we got in there and he like turned around and ran over to us. And then she kind of slowly walked over and I was like, Oh, this is, it was pretty fun to watch just cause he's, he's learning how to connect with people, you
1: know, with, with other, other kids and other humans. It's just fun to watch. Excellent. Uh, for me, um, uh, my, my, wife spent a lot of time eight days alone with our son in peru while i was soul searching spirit questing and um the family that we stayed we stayed in a a booking.com this is not a promo um place and uh got just lucky that we chose a hotel that was run by a family that had a child that was of comparable age to our son and the family that ran the place was so kind and engaging Mm -hmm. to my wife and my son and they would they invited her out to various different activities they offered to take her places they allowed our kids to kind of interact and share toys and stuff and um i was just so grateful that these people were so welcoming while especially in my absence you know in a foreign country i felt so much better that this and it's not like they were even picking up the slack for me i literally just think they were the very hospitable people and would have behaved similarly Mm. i mean maybe they ramped it up when they realized i wasn't around or whatever like i don't know it doesn't matter what matters is they were extremely kind and welcoming yeah and um i just felt so grateful for them for doing that it seemed like something that felt so foreign um in our world of you know kind of everybody does their own thing all the time they don't make real extra efforts for people who are in you know more challenging or compromised situations so i was just really grateful that those individual that family was was so kind to my family and um made me feel real good so i wanted to share that story with you all and hope that that brings you all a um piece of some of the energy that filled us up respectively for those um those kind of events. But that's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week and we'll be back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room.